We got the truth. We got the truth. We got the truth. A small business. We got the truth. Oh, yes, we do. We got the truth. We got the big truths of small business. Sponsored by Yes, I Rent. Yes, I Rent. Yes, I Rent. Property Management. Place good tents and collect your rent. Maintain your yes, we do collect your rent and maintain your properties. Oh, this man. is Joe oh, Watkins man. and Travis Castle. Welcome to the Big Truths of Small Business. We are the show that digs deep to find the nuggets of gold amongst ourselves as small business guys and other small business entrepreneurs. And today we have a very special guest. And one of my favorite genres of guests. We have a music guy. Welcome to the show, Barry Michael. The big crowd. Barry, let me give you a few things about Barry. Barry, uh, for years, and still does, but country music was at his his heart and soul. He played all over Georgia and the Southeast, doing his original content. Original songs. Got a lot of great original songs. By the way, at barrymichaelmusic.com, you can find his his songs. And one of his biggest ones that he got a three-quarter of a million-dollar contract from HealthNet on, they basically licensed this song for a year for, for a big number. It's called Heroes and Angels. has 350,000 downloads. And, uh, and Heroes and Angels it, it really became popular. And it's par- partly, we talk a lot about this in the Big Truths, Barry, but you love the military, and this, this song was sort of aimed at them. Uh, the Gold Star families are very important to you. Those are mothers and wives that lost mm-hmm. son, sons and husbands. Yeah. And you support them heavily. Uh, and, uh, and you have another project, the My Warrior's Place, that's a, a big deal to you. And so welcome to the show, Barry, as a, as a fellow country music guy myself. At least I, I like to think I am. You you actually <laughs> yeah. have you've actually been the real deal out there, and uh, so we appreciate you coming on the show. Tell us a little bit about you and why the military and this part of your your life is so important to you, and how you brought that into music. Well, growing up, I didn't have to be in the military, and um, both of my grandfathers were World War II vets and Korean War vets, and it just all came about by. When I was first getting started, we were trying to figure out how in the world we we're going to get started to begin with. And I went into business for myself, got a you know record label, a publishing company, and had everything set up to write songs and to do the music business with no idea where we were going to start. And um, so anyway, we were we were at a business convention, you know, set up with my <laughs> my to be uh, executive producer. And we end up getting a deal to do a concert in Texas for to raise money for World War II vets who were trying to get to Washington D.C. to see the monument that was built for them that they'd never been to. It was just recently built at the time. And what year was this, Barry? Uh, this was two thousand and eight, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Okay. Yeah, so we went out there to do a concert with a lady that we met at the convention, and. We ended up having a blast. And about a, two months before I was to go out there, I got a phone call from my executive producer. He was like, hey, Barry, these guys out in Texas, they heard you were a songwriter. They want you to write them a song. 
you know, it's a bunch of veterans. And I didn't think I had time to write the song, so I just kind of passed on it. I said, oh, I don't really have time. Just I, That's really nice of them, but I don't think I'm going to do that. And then a month later, it was a month before the concert, we get another phone call from my executive producer. He's like, hey, those guys in Texas are really excited about the song you're going to be bringing them. Hmm. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, you really, um, you need to come up with something. They're expecting something. And so I immediately called my songwriting buddy in Nashville. and I was already on the way, um, knowing that we had to get this song together. and had like less than a month to do something for him. Got on the phone with him. We just talked about it on the way up there. And the song was born because I had to write it. It was something that I didn't really have a choice to write. I tried not to. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really the way God worked in the whole thing. He was pushing me in a direction I had no idea my music business was being um, taken in. Right. And I, I had no control of it at the time. I just was following what I had to do. Well, that's pretty wild. So, uh, and, and, and is that song, that, uh, did, did it come out on one of your albums? Was it kind of on its own? or? It was a single. It was a single. Yeah, it was a single that we had done after we completed the first album, um, my first country album I wrote with Jan Smith, um, who was you know Justin Bieber's vocal coach and Usher. She pretty much created Usher as a teenager. Right. And Rob Thomas and just several other people. I was so fortunate to get to work with her. I worked with her for a whole year. Um, even wrote the whole con- first country album with her. She just you know vocally set up every single song on that first album, the Rip Blue Jeans and ATVs album. Right, And it came on right after that. We had that album finished, and we were headed to Texas with our first concert with that album, looking just to get exposure. And it just happened to be a fundraiser for um, some veterans who were trying to get to D.C. So would you say through so through that experience, that sort of got you invested sort of down that road of, of, of the veterans, you know, sort of – being involved with them is, is was was yeah definitely yeah. yeah the story gets even better on how it evolved because we knew that we had such a we, we took the song to the concert in texas and they just loved it we got such a great response from it we realized when we left there we needed to record the song because all we had was the song written and we had it learned by the band and we did it you know in a month we went over in some rehearsals and nailed it and took it to them and and we knew we had to record the song. So we came home from that concert and went straight to Nashville and recorded Heroes and Angels. And we did an acoustic version and we did a radio version. And then um, he had a copy of that recording in his car. My executive producer was also in real estate. And he was riding around one day with a couple of ladies from the Pentagon who were looking at some you know, corporate property to rent from him. And he was playing this song. He said, I got this song, which I listened to while he was carrying him to look at some property. It just so happened to be Heroes and Angels. And they heard it and asked him, hey, can I have that? And she literally, it was the only copy he had of it. He gave it to her. Two weeks later, we got a phone call from the Pentagon. And he tells me, look, they took this song back to the Pentagon, played it for a three-star general, and he wants us to take you out to Las Vegas to play at the National uh, workers for veterans convention is going to be in Las Vegas at Caesars palace. And they're going to pay me like for $3,500 to go out there and cover all my expenses. And they want me to sell CDs, hand out CDs and autographs and stuff for the song heroes and angels. They want me to perform the national anthem and the song heroes and angels. And from there is where I met health net. They were at Las Vegas mm. 
whenever I performed the first time with the military thing from the Pentagon. And it kind of all just fell in my lap. It was really meant to be kind of stuff. You know, there was nothing that I did to, to really propel it. It took legs by itself. So were you prior to that actively seeking to become a country music artist or did, was it kind of after that? Okay. You were already, I was in, I was in Nashville, um, on appointments with record labels and different, um, publishing companies as a writer, you know, just seeking out, trying to get a position somewhere while, you know, I was having conversations with, you know, song, um, pushers who really pushed the songs to radio and you know i had a song on country me we were able to push it all the way up to number 58 on the charts and then as soon as we realized that it was we were sinking all this money into this company that was as long as you kept checks coming the song would keep moving up the charts but every time it broke a ceiling it would get more expensive and so we got it below 60 and they gave us a figure to get it to down to below 40. And we were just like, oh, my gosh, this is not worth it. This is crazy. And um, we realized the game at the time. We were just learning a lot of stuff. Right. And um, it was just a crazy time trying to break into the music industry through radio and through record labels in Nashville with meetings and all kinds of stuff. But at the same time, we were doing this thing with veterans off to the side that was kind of taking legs all by itself. And it ended up being what fed me for you know my whole career. Let me, uh, since you mentioned uncountrify me, I, let me see if I can't get this to play a little clip it for the audience here on the, on the broadcast. Let's see if I can get that home. Man. Let's see if I can hit it real quick. Uh, my, can y'all hear that? Can you hear I that? Can. You can hear that? Tell me to clean up. Okay. So I think it's only coming in our ears. It's not going over the broadcast. Shoot. Uh, give me, um, give me your phone, Travis, because I can. We can put we can put it up to. You know, one cool thing about the website, you know, the BarryMichaelMusic.com yeah. is it's all free. You can just hit play. Oh, can I hit play off. there? Then let me. Then I, let me oh, play. Yeah. I can play oh, yeah. there. Then stick it up to the mic yeah. here. Let's do that real quick. Is that is that the best? Is that the song we want to play? Well, it says ninety nine cent. Okay, wait a minute. All, no, you're on. You're on. Uh, you're probably on Apple Music or something. I'm on. I'm on Barry Michael, and I got. I just hit the button music. Yeah, just hit yeah, hit the store and it'll take you to all the songs. Yeah, this is, looks like it showing all the digital albums. But there you're, you go. you're but you're saying I still can hit play without downloading. Yeah, you should be able to just choose one and hit play. All right, here we go. Which one do you want to do? You want to do Uncountrify Me? Let's do that one. Sure. Sure. Okay. Rip is that on the Rip Blue Gene one? Yeah, here we go. Let's see if I That's right. right. Where's the speaker on this thing? <laughs> I got this, this pad and I There we go. Give me a curfew and I won't say a thing. But I'm here to warn you and you best believe that you won't uncountrify me. Tell me I'm wrong and I bet you It's so funny how this song was written too. <laughs> Ha, <laughs> 
Man, that's classic. That's classic Barry Michael right there. <laughs> that is. That's the that's classic right there. I mean, you that was got, one of the first. That was one of the first songs I wrote whenever I was building that album. And the whole song started out. I, I was going to write a song about being countryfied, and me and Corey Barker, who co-wrote that song with me, were sitting at a Waffle House in Nashville, and he looked at me when I said that, and he goes, "Nah, nah. There's a thousand and two songs about being countryfied." He goes, "We're going to have to come up with something different." And um, he reached over with a pen and put a UN in front of countryfied and just <laughs> uncountrified. That's and as cool. soon as we, as soon as I looked at it, it just changed everything. Mm. And we shoveled down some waffles, rushed back to his house, and wrote "Uncountry by Me" in like twenty minutes after that. Golly, man, I love the stories. I mean, to me, yeah. the songwriting part of this is what's so cool. I mean, you've got a lot of original songs that are that are. Yeah, that's mainly that's all cool. I've worked on. You know, for the last twenty years, is just my own stuff, and I have learned, you know, you know, hundreds of songs. Like when I play out live with an acoustic or something, you right, know, right. I'll, I'll play various various covers, but. I could do, you know, a couple hours just originals. I mean, it's 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 uh when I want want to hear you play, I want to hear your stuff. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think that's true for 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 anybody that knows you and, and and has heard you play that really is a fan, they want to hear your your originals cuz they're that good. Um, well, I appreciate that. Yeah. So give 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 a few nuggets to 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 the audience about sort of what it takes to break through. I mean, what, based on your experience, I mean, it's very difficult and it's it's changing too with, with, with the current, the current climate. I mean, what, what does it take these days? In my opinion, I never broke through, you know, it's still a mystery to me how to break through big, you know, on the big time level. Right. I had some great success and I had a lot of, a lot of, good times a lot of great concerts i mean i've opened up for some great artists you know me and kelly pickler did a show for twenty thousand in oh, south, kelly south carolina yeah yeah me and uh, i did a show with the band perry in st louis in front of a sold out pageant and you know just some great shows like with tim mcgraw at, in san antonio for the rodeo that was a fantastic show. He's got some of the greatest fans in the world, and they loved me for some reason. That was such a great night. <laughs> and um, but I still never hit it on the big level. You know, I always opened up for all these big name guys. But you know, I had my own little run with the military. But in my opinion, it was really a you know, uh, just a piece of what some of these guys who break it through experience. Well, I know, Bob. I think that's I think that's valuable to 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 understand that maybe some of it is not quantifiable. I mean, I think we talk about yeah. that in business a lot. Maybe one of the big truths of small business here is that not everything in business is quantifiable. Sometimes yeah. it's, it is timing. It's, it's the right place, right time, yeah. right moment type deal. You know, exactly. The heroes and angels story is all about that. Right. And it was about having a good product. That was the first song that we knew we wrote a good song. Right. You know, that just, there was no doubt about it. Whenever we finished writing that song, we were like, bro, I think we just wrote a hit. And we both were like, had this look on our face and kind of nodded. And, you know, to this, to this day, it's both, both of our biggest songs. Mm. Um, Corey and Corey's written 20,000 songs and heroes and angels that he wrote with me is, you know, the one that he's profited the most on and had the most success with and just carried him, all over the country, you know. Right. 
And um, it's carried me to, you know, eight foreign countries and probably 40 of the 50 states. And that's just something. doing different events. And I just have enjoyed the travel. And I've, I've really been paid good money to do it, too, um, the traveling. And all my expenses paid. They just have treated me like, you know, a royalty when I was out anywhere. I always got taken very good care of. And, right. Um, you know, it's just really made some great friendships with people in the military. The Gold Star family is just, just dear to my heart. Some of my favorite memories of being in the music business has been at some of these events with, with, um, you know, paraplegic guys who got just injured in battle over in the war and have come home and they're at a golf tournament. Now here I am with them representing health net and getting to meet and hang out and play golf with this guy with one arm who's in a wheelchair. They built this contraption for him. He literally has learned how to play the game. He beat me mm-hmm. the day we went and played golf. And I just was like, wow, you know, that was an experience I'll never forget. Wow. There are just you know, so many experiences. That's awesome, man. I, I so so you kind of alluded to this earlier. It's sort of interesting to me. I've got a, a, a friend from a school that kind of made it, you know, big in country music. Uh, Mark Wills is a old high school buddy of mine and he he still makes a living, you know, singing and, and doing some stuff with music and it's always kind of fascinated me. Uh, I know how hard he worked at it. I know that he hit the uh, back in back uh, years ago. I know he hit the Buckhead bar scene about eight days a week back then. Is the reality? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of what, I mean, he just really, it's a song in it eight days a eight week. Eight days a week, <laughs> man. He he earned it. So you know, God bless him. But I I think mm-hmm. I think about what you say, and you were talking about that song tracking up the charts. And one of the questions I would have for you is what. What was the unexpected part of the business side of the music business that that you didn't you didn't see coming in, in until you were there? Uh, is there any lessons from the business side of this thing that that you would share with us? Definitely. Um, when it comes to the radio and getting on the radio, what really surprised me is how much control that they have of all that and how hard it is to get any control of it. Uh, in order for me to have hit it big on the radio without spending a million dollars, I would have had to have written the most fantastic song you've ever heard. It really would have had to have been a super hit. Right. To, for me to break in, it would just had to have been like a YouTube sensation uh, or something that would just took hold some type of, uh, um, in its own way, kind of a way. Maybe a cult following or something already. Got to get deal. a cult following. Something's got to happen for you to break into the business these days. It's got to be something that is very unique, and that is just that good. And I, I know I'm hard on myself, but I'm, I think I'm being honest when I say that I never really had that hit song that could grab legs that people just had to hear it. Right. You know. But I think that if I was getting picked up by a record label and I got my songs got shoved down your throat with the system that they do. Right. Then yeah, my songs would have been hit just like, you know, Blake Shelton no, or anybody else has just got these run of the mill songs. I agree. So it's really, I've never had a gimmick that just caught on. I never really had anything like never that. Had a, never yeah. had an achy breaky heart. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but I mean, that's why the heroes and angels story was so great for me because it happened I was forced to write the song and then it took me down a path that I just followed and it became what I should have been focusing on the whole time. And uh, I wasted a lot of time, a lot of money Mm. on radio promotion. And I even developed my own radio promotion team working with the university of South Carolina. And I would go over there and I would do a class 
um, with the with the instructor at the college on business and certain things like that. I mean, and it was also some stuff to do with music. So it fit in perfect with what I was doing. I was able to go and speak with the kids and I ended up turning the entire class into my radio promotion team as a project. And, you know, that, that everyone was assigned a certain number of radio stations to call and push a certain song. And so we really did pretty good with that. Um, and it was a, a lot cheaper to do it that way because I just created my own radio promotion team. Yeah, now, did it work to get me out there? No, because we were calling a lot of the stations that would play the song if you had somebody pushing it. And those are not those are not the billboard stations that right. generate the charts. There's and I learned so much trying to break into radio that you know there's music road charts, there's all different types of charts, but the billboard chart is ran by the smallest number of stations and they're all in the biggest cities in the country. Hmm. So, you know, Atlanta, New York, LA, the main stations in those large metropolitan areas are billboard stations and there's no breaking into billboard without a million dollars. There's no way hmm. other than that. And it's controlled by like two people. There's like two people that tell you everybody in all the billboard stations who's going to be in the top 10 what songs they're going to play, and they create this playlist and send it out to all the billboard stations. And that's what they play at all of them around the country. You know, a couple uh, things that I think about as I'm listening to you here is, <clears throat> I think this is a reiteration of what you're saying here, is when I think about a guy with the talent he had and the songs he wrote, didn't make his his really... I guess debut to the to the world until uh, I'm, I'm talking Chris Stapleton. I mean, this guy mm-hmm. had, had had been playing for for you know decades out there, writing songs for other big artists, and 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 didn't get his own platform really until he he performed a song on the Grammys that I think that. Uh, he was asked to play because they just loved his song so much, and then you know the world heard him, and then that's what got him there. I mean, and and the, that's crazy. There's a backside to that, you know. The other side of that is the reason why that it took him so long, as talented as he is, and it's part to do with what he looks like. Sadly enough, right? He didn't have the look didn't that the they wanted, and they mm-hmm. that's right, or the personality that they were looking for. He was just a diehard musician and right. singer, right? And they, he couldn't be denied once the world heard him. He didn't have the package, but 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 yeah, it. it and all, now he's a, now he's already a living legend. He's a legend already, and and it, yeah, he needed a, his opening. He needed his gateway, and who mm-hmm. and, and 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 who knows how that came to be. But but I think some 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 guys were pulling for him, and and uh, and and that's what it took. And that that sort of to me just underscored what you said: how difficult it is even for a guy with that kind of talent to get exactly. on, the, on the stage. I mean, to break into that inner circle, that cult, that and cult. that's really yeah. what it is. Yeah. I mean, there is 300,000 songwriters in Nashville and 299,000 of them are on the outer circle. Right. And about a thousand of them are in the inner circle and breaking in the inner circle in Nashville is like, the combination to a lock that you just, you know, need to hire somebody from NASA to break it on the computer. You know, it's, it's right. one of those kind of codes. You almost have to go up there and buy your way in. I mean, 
Right. <laughs> or else you get picked up by a record label. The, the other thing that I, that I you heard. You go through the system. The only thing that I heard from yeah, that, just that's now. One of my biggest, that's one of my biggest business failures uh, as well was a meeting that I had with a Sony Records in Nashville. Mm, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, how'd that go? I was, I was offered a record deal and I was 39 years old at the time right. that we had this meeting. And he told me that it would be three years before I had my first radio release because they already had three years worth set up of artists ready to, to release out and new artists to break. So I was in a three-year line. And at the time, I felt like I was ready to go and it needed to be released right away. And that was right before we developed our own radio team and, and pushed it ourselves with Stockbridge Records and created our own companies and all these other things we were just going to take off on our own. And so I literally made the dumbest move of my life by turning down Sony Records to put me in line. They were just going to you know, get my band together. Um, put him out on tour with somebody else as an opener and then move me up to a middle guy and then move me up to the, the main guy yeah. with the three-year process. Right. And and I just wasn't willing to wait. And for some reason, if I could go back, I would I would definitely make a different decision now on that. But I just thought that my time was right then because of my age. I didn't know I was going to continue to age well and look continue to look young for you know another 10 years. I didn't know I was going to do that. So I was kind of like a woman, you know how her clock's ticking? Right. I feel like I can go back and remember feeling like the anxiety of my clock ticking when I made that decision. Well, the fact that they were willing to invest in you at 39 years old meant they thought a lot of, a lot about you. So that's interesting. You, you think you, you were you naive to some degree? But they never really... Were you naive in, in believing that that you could do it better on your own than you could in that three-year period? Or what, what you know... That, that was an interesting decision. Did I lose you, Barry? I may have lost Barry. Did I lose Barry? You there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, I lost you there for a minute. Can you hear me, Joe? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, it went out for a second. Oh, okay. I think I'm back now. I don't know if you heard the question, but were you was were you naive to think that you could do it on your own with your own label faster than Sony could do it in three years, or what? What was absolutely? We had yeah. so much success so fast that it created so much confidence in our abilities at the time. We thought everything was going to continue just to come that easy, mm. and it did with Heroes and Angels. And so we were naive because. If I would have signed with Sony Records, man, I would, there's no telling where I would be today. You know, this was, you know, this was, um, this was ten years ago. I mean, they're they're me and Travis talk about this a lot in small business. It is hard to argue with distribution. You know, to, oh, yeah. to, 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 to you know to, to gain the distribution of a Sony, you know, music. You know, the distribution wasn't what was important. Um, they have to have distribution because they have control. They're part of the groups that control the billboard charts, which yeah. is the main charts. Right. So, so in order to have success, you got to get with the ones that control it. And that's what I closed the door on right. was getting in with the right people who run the big part of the industry. Yeah. So distribution. And so what I ended up doing is, yeah, I ended up running around in the outer circle, getting very little um, recognition money and things like that for airplay that I was getting. 
Right. Yeah. So, and, so and I, you know, my, my thought is the, the distribution in, in that world is the ability to actually get on the radio from the people who make the difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Absolutely. in today's you know online world, you know, Amazon is distribution. You know, if you get in, in Amazon's world, you, you get a lot of eyeballs. Uh, it's just, it's just hard to, hard to compete with that kind of distribution. The other thing I heard, yeah. heard from you there was that, you know, if you would do it again, you would, you would have focused more on what mattered to you, which is, we just did a podcast on this. We do a lot of podcasts on this. In fact, it's what the big truth is about is, is really getting to the heart of what really matters, uh, to you. And, and it sounds like that when you, you know, when you kind of worked in the, the, uh, veterans world, that just more of that would have been something you would have done. Well, I would have, um, I would have probably had put more effort into building that back in the day because what we did, is we took our success from that and we poured it into Stockbridge Records, Stockbridge Productions. Right. And we were building these companies and everything just hit us so fast. And uh, we just got this huge contract right off the jump. And, you know, then I was off and running on the road with HealthNet. Well, I was really thinking that contract was going to get renewed. and we didn't really have any eggs in any other baskets other than what we were creating in that year in Nashville, trying to get radio going and all this other things that we were able to do. Cause we just had, you know, the money to do it at that point. And so we tried some things. We were able to try some things, but looking back, I should have taken the deal with Sony. That would have been the only song of mine that they wouldn't have been able to use would have been heroes and angels, but I would have gotten it back after a year and been able to just, you know, done a deal with them on that song as well and heroes and angels could have been a much bigger hit for the military um than where we took it on our own let's switch gears a little bit and 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 talk a little bit about songwriting uh okay you've, you've, one of my you, favorite topics yeah you've been involved in writing a lot of songs and and we you know we we got a, a few minutes here and i, I just want to kind of get some some basic fundamentals for all the songwriters out there and i include that me in, in that i'm a or i'm a new songwriter what uh give me some fundamentals what are, what are what are maybe three fundamentals that you've learned in songwriting that are just uh, that you just incorporate in every in every one you do yeah well my number one thing is you got to have a hook and um the hook is the most important thing and then I co-write a lot. Oh, so, okay. Well, let's define that for the for the audience. So, tell me what a hook is and what do you mean by that? Well, I mean something that's catchy that the first time you hear it, it strikes your interest in some kind of a way, or it moves an emotion that you you get moved in in a way that you've never been moved before by you know putting these words together. Right. It's like something that hasn't been said or said in a different way. Right. Um, something unforgettable. You know, there's all kinds of ways it could be a hook. But it's mm-hmm. got to be something that would make you want to hear something again. Okay. Um, you know, it's got to make it's what makes the song interesting. Then everything else kind of revolves around the hook. Now, is the and hook mostly or most often the chorus in the chorus? Um, it could be in the chorus or maybe the very first line of the song, the very last line of the verse. Okay. Uh, you know, it's, it could be the bridge. You know, even though we ain't got money. I'm so in love with you, honey. I mean, that's a hook. Yeah. 
even though we ain't got money, I'm still in love with you, honey. It's the way he says it, and it's just, yep. you know, and that song's a classic. Makes you feel good. You want to hear it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, you know, I, like, I co-write a lot. So I, there's, if you're not talented in the way that where you're an idea guy and a lyrical genius, then you need to co-write right. because I'm the idea guy. I have the imagination, and so I get all these ideas and what I do during my weeks and during my times where I, I get these visions of like certain hooks and things like that. Cause the hooks will come to me in all kinds of different ways, but that's what I write down is hooks and ideas. Hmm. And so then I would meet up with a, a songwriter buddy who is a lyrical genius. And so then we get together and I share my hook and my ideas and he shares his lyrical genius. And then that's where heroes and angels was created. Okay. And that's where, you know, uncountrified me was created. And that's where, you know, really all the songs that I've ever written uh, have come from. Okay. So yeah, you, you sort of had the hook or the idea and you hooked up with somebody to help you lay that thing out in some real, in some lyrics. Absolutely. Yeah. It gives a different perspective of the song. What? Somebody that knows how to put a song together very well. And then we can kind of go together because I've written some songs by myself. You know, some of my favorite ones I, I wrote completely by myself, but they're personal. Right. On, on a certain level and they may not be everybody else's favorite but there's a different reason for me why it would be my favorite but um there's all kinds of ways that this song can can be created yeah so so that, that that's one of the things that i think about in in terms of songwriting is and, and you tell me i i've i've recently tripped across talking about the power of youtube i, I tripped across a uh, songwriter nashville guy travis meadows and and Travis, uh, man, he's just got some. He's got a hook on that song, the first song you sent to me, man. Brother, let me tell you something. You, you, what you're saying is so so true because I'm listening to his music and I'm going, this is so appealing to me. I mean, this music is so good. How how in the world ha, have I not heard this on the radio? We all want what we ain't got. <laughs> that, that's that hook when he played that song and live version of that song with Travis singing it with uh, Jake Owens I was like what yeah, so, can't so, believe I hadn't seen that hey, I mean he, he's been radically successful in selling the, the songs that he writes but when you hear yeah. you know you kind of dive into that YouTube hole with him and you, you hear about who he is and you man I tell you what it, 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 the songs overwhelmingly come from pain <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the, absolutely. you know, so I'm curious about your history in songwriting and it's not just, it, look, I'm, I'm a novice, but my, my thoughts would be, it's not just put a quarter in and get a song out the other side. So, I mean, where, where, where yeah. do they come from? What's the genesis of these, these songs? Yeah, it's, it's generally just from things that I've been through or something that I see or like I went in the bank one day and when I was in there, you know, the teller, I looked at her, I was like, how are you doing? She's like, well, I'm on my own little island. And that struck me. She's like, she's on her own little island. She's over here at the bank right now. But yeah, she's on an island. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and so it gave me an idea. And I, I, I got with Corey and we ended up kicking around some ideas. And before you know it, we wrote a song called On My Island. I, I like that song too. That's a good one. <laughs> um, but then again, I was going through a very hard time in my marriage and, um, we had a very trying time, you know, even um, to the point of getting the divorce later on down the line. But it was just really rough during, during the time where I wrote this one song. Then I was on a trip with HealthNet 
and I was just getting off a phone call with my wife and it was one of those that, you know, just makes your head throb and I was just under a lot of stress with my personal life and relationship while I was trying to go out and, and, you know, be successful and do the best I could in music. I, I needed the support at home that I wasn't getting the way I needed it. And so I get on a plane and I'm going through all these emotions in my head and I pulled out my notebook and just started writing down. I wrote a song just on, on the pad. I had it in my head. I heard the rhythm. I heard everything. I didn't have a guitar with me, but I just spit the lyrics out the course. I was already singing in my head before I got on the plane. And then before the plane even took off, I was finished. I looked over at the lady next to me and was like, I think I just wrote a hit. What song it was is my it? book and fell asleep right there on the plane. It's a song called Fallen Out of Love. Oh, that's a good one too. Let's let's go ahead and give him a little clip of that one. Let's see. Which album is that on? Uh that's on the new uh the latest album, which is uh the On My Island. Okay, here we go. It's called Fallen Out of Love. I don't see it on Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, it's on my island from Durant, Durant. I'm gonna love you. It's all right. You stay. So it's it's not on your website. Oh really? Darn! Right, I was gonna play that one. Mm. Fall in, I love. Yeah, I remember that one. Well, here yeah. I was gonna, well, I'll play a little clip of On My Island. Did you mention that one? Here we go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on my island. There's no pain, no worries and no deadlines, and hallelujah, there's no rain. On my island, no making plans, there's no laundry and no dishes, no crazy ex-girlfriends. On my island, mm-hmm. there's a drive-in on the beach, playing movies all night long. And there's a jukebox in the barn Filled with all my favorite songs Love is easy, life is perfect Even though I've yet to find it I know everything is beautiful Oh, my island. <laughs> yeah. Man, how, how, how do I get a ticket to that island right there? I know, That's right? Uh, he did a video for that one, too. Really? Didn't he do a video yeah. for this one? We sure did. Shot it on Lake Jackson. Yeah, I want, it's so funny, man. <laughs> it's uh, there's something about Barry's music. It's 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 got this. Um, there's this 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 kind of light of comedy that's kind of in it, you know. That's kind of fun and 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 yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, it's just fun to watch. And and I thought you did in those videos. You sort of captured that, you know. Yeah, um, thank you, man. We had a good time with that. Going back to writing a song, you said number one, you got to have a hook. What's your number two? Uh, well, number two is you got to bring the hook together and and tell the story. Yeah. Uh, whatever it is, the story you got to tell. You know, tell the and uh, the hardest part setting up a song is you know finding out which tense the song is going to be in. Oh, you know, it's a very difficult thing to figure out, and you have to make sure you can stay in that tense the entire song. And a lot mm. of people, when they're beginning, they go into one and then go into another one. Okay. In the middle of the same song, it's confusing when you hear it, when you break it down, you know. Just yeah. like if you're speaking to her in a song, right. or if you're telling someone else about her, mm. you know, you know, in your the way you would do your words, it'll be consistent through the whole song. That's good. I don't know that I've, I've thought about that. At least, 
as a whole. Yeah. So that's, that's good. Okay. St- tell the story like if, and connect if, like it to if the, the If the first line of the song is, he stopped loving her today, then you're talking to someone else about this guy. Right. And then about this girl. So the singer who's feeling, relaying the message is only delivering the message. He, he's not one of them throughout the song. He can't be one of them. Right. So it's like, she placed a reef upon his door. It's all about him and her. So it's uh-huh. got to be consistent throughout the whole song. Okay. So I learned that the hard way. <laughs> yeah. You have, you, you wrote one, you thought, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then I played it for somebody. I played it for this, this guy who's a really good critic. He's like, man, this song is so wrong. Listen to it. And I was like, wow, <laughs> never thought of it. Oh, I'm glad. I hadn't either. So I'm, I'm writing this stuff down. So that, that's cool. Stay I'll in tell you the, something stay I, I like to do, and I wish I, I need to do this more. And Joe, maybe me and you can do this one day because right. you'd be somebody good to play around with this. But you take a song that's a huge hit or something that's your favorite song, and you, you break it down all the way to the drum beat. And you use that tempo and that drum, that type of drum beat, and you create a brand new song with it. Hmm. Um, and before you do it, you write about the topic you want it to be about and then you have to come up with a hook that surrounds the whole song. And um, you, you can just change it up any topic you want to, but then you've already got the basis, you know, like if it's an up-tempo song, right. you can decide, okay, I want this song to feel, if it's going to be upbeat, I want an upbeat breakup song just to make it different and cool. You know, I don't want a slow, sad breakup song. I want an upbeat, happy breakup song. Right. And, you know, and just trying to develop some idea of how I can do that. It gives and you a framework to work inside Exactly. Of. Yeah. And, you know, one of the, my favorite upbeat tempo breakup songs is that one that Billy Carrington has. You heard that song? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the disappearing bubbles in the glass of champagne. You know, he's talking about their love is gone. You know, it's just the most brilliantly written song, but it's an upbeat breakup song. It's supposed to be sad, but he makes you feel good about it. You know, that's what makes that song great. Yeah, I think that's, uh, uh, again, in my very limited uh, songwriting, I've been trying to figure out, for me, I've talked to many songwriters now, and I I see that that, that people do this differently, but trying to figure out how, you know, where you start. Do you write the lyrics and kind of tell the story and then try to create some music around it or or the other way around, or how do you... (laughs) And, the answer and, is yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could be it could be any or all of the above. It could. Um, you just never know where the song is going to come from or how it's going to start. It just does, and that's why you just have to move forward with it. You know, the hardest thing to, about writing a song is when you get that hook is writing it down and saying, "Okay, I need to write a song about this hook." Right when I get it, I've lost more songs by just going, "Eh, I'll think of another one." Eh, you know. But then I'm like, "Oh gosh, what was that hook that I thought of? Oh my, it was brilliant." And then it's gone forever. And well, it, it, you got you got to you know if you're if you're even anywhere near right thinking you're going to start writing songs, you got to hit the record button on your on your phone. I mean, because you just yeah. you can lose it so quickly. You can, you <clears throat> can. We were doing that today, yeah, trying to 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 write a second verse to a song, and we were like, "Oh God, that's it!" <laughs> and then when I get the iPad out, I'm going, <laughs> uh, 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 and it's like we couldn't remember it. You're like, what did I say? <laughs> no what did idea. I say? What did I say right here? Oh man! Oh, dang it! No, no. That's good stuff. You know, what? you know, I'm working on a new album right now too. Um, oh yeah. Written some, uh, a few songs. Most of them are, are I wrote by myself on this one so far. 
But um, I do want to do some couple co-writes with Corey again in Nashville. Yeah. And um, who knows where the songs will come from. You know, me and you wrote one that got on the last album. So Yeah, man. Maybe we need to write a co-write. Hey, let, let me tell the, the audience about that one because, you know, I sort of snuck in on, on the sidelines on this one. I had a buddy of mine, Kent Hamilton, that had written, kind of written a song. And and he, he actually yeah. valued my opinion because I, I – I, he appreciated me as 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 a guy who liked to sing and play music, and 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 he liked the style of music that I liked. And so he's like, "Man, give, give me give me a rundown on this song. I'm, I'm I'm you know I'm having trouble getting it fully there." And I listened to it, and I was like, "Man, you know, I said the I, I like I like the song, Kent. I like the way I can remember some things in it. it has it has a decent you know outline to it and story. But there there was just something about it that just it, it didn't." It didn't have quite the dynamic that I thought needed to be in there, and I was yeah. like, "I was like, you know what? Let's just get. Let me get my buddy Barry, and 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 let's let's get together and try to and try to make this song right." And so we three got together in my basement one day, and and we started doing this song, and and it's called "You Got Me," and uh, I got to be a co-writer primarily because I brought the other two writers together. You know, and I, I thought that was pretty cool. And it, I'm going to play a little clip of that one because I like this song. I think this one's a pretty, pretty cool song. This it is, turned out really nice. This is Barry, You Got Me right here. That's not it. Uh, hang on. It? Hang on. But that, that's the story that I'll tell after you play it. It's on the other album. It's on the uh, on my island album. Oh, <laughs> is that another You Got Me there? What was that? Yes, yes. And that's funny because that's, the reason I agreed to rewrite that song with you when you called me because the, t- the n- title of the song was you got me. And I had another song called you got me off my Christian album. And what I had did on the first country album is I wrote, rewrote the song, the man I want to be from the Christian album and put it on the first country album. And I was looking for a song to write on the second album. And when you told me you had a song called, um, you got me, I was like, yeah, let's. I want to hear it. I had no idea that you had <laughs> another song. It. Yeah, I hit the wrong one. Right, yeah. Here we go. Here, here is the actual one we co-wrote. Here we go. You got me. You got me buying flowers on my way home from work, leaving little notes. Ironing my shirt, picking up the phone during the football game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got me shaving off my goatee and cleaning my truck. Watching my mouth, trying not to cuss. Thinking about you and them cut-off Wrangler jeans. You got me After a fifth of ninety proof, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty hard, man. Falling, <laughs> falling harder than than a, than a fifth on a ten roof. Good lord, yeah, <clears throat> that was fun. I remember yeah, that, that uh, turned out good. Yeah, that, that that was a uh, 
that was one of the major parts we we, we changed was that that hook sort of part of that chorus yeah. there so. yeah um but it, it changed the whole feel of the song you know just giving it that little oomph to it yeah yeah know? and you put you know the cut off wrangler jeans i remember you came up with that little line it sort of it gave it a little more oomph to 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 the storyline you know those, those yeah, kind of uh, yeah just those kind of little pieces throughout so here, well, here's the cool thing that i learned joe about our nashville songwriting session that yeah. I, i'm curious if uh oh, yeah. you guys can identify with if i'm in the room at all by the way zero talent uh very little creativity uh i, I do tend to have the liquor now i do tend to bring the whiskey okay there is okay, a positive so, so if i am in the room and i sign that document prior to the song i am entitled to a third which I thought was, yeah. a, was a very there's cool, only three of us. As only, I just thought it was an awesome thing about Nashville. Well, I, yeah. you yeah. undervalued your contribution. I, I'm going to say that Travis actually is yeah. a lyricist. Travis really? came, yeah, Travis, don't even know it. Travis came, came in with quite a bit of lyrics that was fulfilling the thoughts that we were having. You know, I was throwing the ideas and the thoughts out, and and, and Travis was more taking that and then writing that little piece, that little, you know, the lyrics of that. So it's kind of what was taking place there. And of course we had the third in the room. We had uh, uh, the lady that we were writing it with and she, she kind of was doing a little bit of that too. So um, that it, was neat though. It, uh, it helps to have, you know, it's kind of like any small business. It, it helped. It seemed to help to have a director, which she, act, it did. she acted very much as a director. It really did. And, and, and then to have some contributors, but it doesn't do any good to have, just one personality in the room. I mean, it, it kind of took in that situation with us anyway, it, it took what we had to actually write. I love on. the idea of the director. I mean, what I remember that was so powerful that we've struggled with since, by the way, yeah. is she had that, she was, she had that computer up. And as we were talking, she was click, 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 click. She was writing it all. Just, just unfiltered. It didn't have to make sense. It didn't she, have she to make wrote, sense. Wrote and it down. was there that we could go back to and then modify it, where yeah. we try to get it perfect before we write it down the first time. And that's not, I don't think that's good. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I don't, I write down a line then I'll write another one below it. Then I write a better one, try to write a better one below it. And then, you know, the fourth one I try to write, you know, is the one that's got to be better than all of them. And then that's all for just one line. You know, sometimes if you can't think of anything or you just feel like you're not being creative um, or if you're saying things exactly like it's always been said, right. you need to come up with a better line. And that's basically what I did that day with the song You Got Me. I just took out the lines that were playing Jane every day, adding right. nothing to the song and then tried to add something to the song um, right. somewhere, you know, to give it um, some kind of a meat. And I think I think that's something that that for the songwriters out there that are that are working on this, one of the lessons I've learned is go ahead and get it down. Whatever you got, whether it is simple or not, or it may not be, get it down. Go ahead and get your your framework down because you can go back and modify. You can go back and modify. Yeah. And uh, you know I think for all of us out there that just you know feel like we have to get it written down perfect before we actually write it down. It's so, it just stalls you out. You can't get past it, you know, and yeah, um, you got to let that stuff free flow. Let your, let your brain just roll out and get it down and then go back and modify. And um, yeah, I, I think that's uh, valuable. That thing that I learned, you have a kind of one last thing, Barry, that you want to add to the songwriting uh, stamp here for the, 
for the for the um, audience? Just yeah, just write it down. You know, just like you said, you know, just get it down on paper, and you never know how much time could go by, or it could be tomorrow, it could be ten years from now. You might come back across it and get a different idea when you look at it again the next time. So it's always good to just have something on any idea. And um, just keep writing. Do it for fun because the number of people that do it and are successful, and that's all they do, it's 1% of all songwriters. And there's a bunch of them. Yeah, there's so a... Just write for fun. One thing I read on songwriting really recently was, I, this is hard for me to grasp, but he was like, write as many songs as you can write. The more you mm-hmm. do it, the more likely you're going to have one that that's that that's a hit. That's a, that's a home run. Yeah. And, and my brain thinks differently. I think that oh my gosh, if I if I write that great idea and it's not a good one, then I've screwed the idea. Now you know <laughs> how, how can but I? But you keep... can write ten songs about that one idea. You could. You could. Yeah, and, absolutely. And that's that's the that's the piece you got to get to and. And don't get stuck in one little genre in your head because a lot of people have one rhythm in their head and they write a song. Every song is about the same feel. Right. Um, what you got to do is you got to be able to um, listen to different styles of music and be able to mimic these different styles with your writing style. And um, even target right. Now, this is something that, that I dabbled in and I think we did a really good job with this target right that we did because we picked out, um, and this was part of the business end. You guys will like this we were looking for a motivational speaker who had uh, some great stories. And we found a guy named Brendan Burchard. He didn't have any music. He didn't have any songs. He didn't have a CD. He had nothing to go with his stories. And we thought what we would do is we would take some of his motivational speeches and turn them into songs and write him a whole CD and then pitch it to him because we, we knew that he was making enough money doing his, his stuff that he could afford it. And it might add something to his, his business and we were just out on the long shot and so we ended up writing we, we did some research on him we watched his youtube videos we 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 wrote some songs that fit and told his stories in songs that were actual hits i loved these songs they're some of my favorites that i've ever been a part of um but they never got heard we wrote these four songs and i'm i'm a big fan of all four of these songs but i could not get them to brendan Burchard for him to hear them i kept getting roadblocks we went so far as to record these songs and we had four of them and we had ideas for a whole album we were going to pitch to him and never the right time or the right place happened for those for that idea for what we were doing right and it wasn't successful but man did we write some great songs that told some awesome stories all in like a, a hook and style of of uh, pop music so it was out of my norm i normally did country so i was able to get into some pop by doing that and I even laid down the the vocals on it, and I had a great time doing that. But I wouldn't say it was successful on the business end as far as making money because it never got heard. But it was successful in my teaching me and my broadening my horizons, made me a better writer. Man, absolutely, and and that lesson is really applicable in any version of business. <laughs> uh, just 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 do things that move you. And eventually, you'll move somebody else. You know, it's 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 how it works. Uh, what was the line from the last podcast? It is do so. So in in this podcast, it would be write songs that matter to you for people who care about those. Songs. Right, and so put that. <laughs> yeah. So put that oh, in, yeah. in the line in the other line. 
what what's the the, the global line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't you don't remember do, the global. Do, do work for matter. Do work that matters for people. Who That's cares, it. Do work that matters for people that care. When you and what we've said is, do work that matters to you for people that cares, and then and then uh, uh, you kind of get a win win. Well, Barry, man. <laughs> Thanks for uh, spending some time with us this evening, this late evening. Thanks, Barry. Yeah, well, thanks for the surprise phone call. Yeah, on the Big Trees of Small Business. Uh, Barry Michael at barrymichaelmusic.com. Check him out. He's got a lot of cool songs. And, uh, hey, man, look forward to writing a song with you soon. And uh, That would be good. Appreciate the uh, call. We're going to exit it with a little song that I wrote called The Big Trees of Small Business. Here we go. And here we go. We Thanks got for having me. Right, bud. We got the truth. We got the truth. A small business. We got the truth. We got the truth. We got the big truths of small business. Sponsored by Yes I Rent. Yes I Rent. Yes I Rent. Property Management. Place good tents and collect your rent. Maintain your properties and account for it. Truth, we got the truth. We got the truths. We got the big truths. A small business sponsored by SI Rent. Oh, yes, yeah, signing out.